0: The Bruce Hooley Show Podcast is brought to you by Hemisphere Coffee Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at Hemisphere Coffee It's a money Monday on the Bruce Hooley Show, and that means our conversation with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. You can reach Josh and his team in Lewis Center by calling 614-917-1040 or reaching out at Aptus APTUS Wealth. Aptus Wealth. Dot com. Josh, thanks for joining us today. And let's start with what is an indisputable rise in prices. I heard today gas is down five cents a gallon, but it's up 94% from last year. And that dovetails with some other numbers we can get into about prices rising 8% in August over August of last year, which is the Labor Department says the highest recorded rate on record. So the inflation fears, what do they mean to you as a retirement specialist?
1: Well, I think they're pretty important. Um, You know, we really haven't had to deal with inflation at least, you know, for the last, let's call it 25 years. Inflation has been under 3% for the last 25 years overall. But historically, if we include, for example, you know, the 80s back into that number and look at the last 40 years, the number rises by about a percent and a half up to about 4%. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're going to go back to the crazy 80s, but uh, I think there's no question that through COVID we've printed a lot of money. We've been very lax with our monetary policy and many people have said that that's going to turn into inflation. There's been lots of arguments on the other side that, no, that's not the case, which I think is just a lot of rhetoric. Um, I think inflation is going to be amongst us uh, in a pretty heavy way for the next at least few years. Now, that does not mean that I'm one of the pundits who believes that we're going to go back to you know, the 1980s where we're going to have interest rates up in the teens or even 20s. But uh, I do believe that as you look moving forward for retirement planning, using the old 2 2.5%, two uh, inflation rate may be a little bit too conservative. We may want to start looking up into the threes again, like we used to, you know, 20 and 30 years ago. So it, it can make a big uh, impact, particularly when interest rates are so low and people are entering into retirement looking for ways to get guaranteed rates of return that will match that high or higher inflation rate.
0: Josh Pick is our guest. He joins us at 1230 every Monday for Money Monday. He's with Aptus Wealth Management, hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show, Saturdays 4 p.m. here on The Answer. You can get a $25 gift card with your free consultation. That's right, a free consultation with Josh and his team. Reach out at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, Or reach them on the phone, 614-917-1040. You know, that's interesting to me. You mentioned estimating your future expenses when you retire, going from what I think you said 2% to maybe increasing that to 3%. One of the main expenses that I would think you'd have to plan for as a retiree is your medical expenses. Have medical expenses gotten more or less difficult to estimate given you're covered by Medicare and all those kinds of things or Medicaid or whatever it is? But how about addressing the need for estimating your medical expenses in the future for retirees?
1: I would say it's one of the biggest uh, challenges and also one of the biggest fears of everybody that's retiring is not only how am I going to pay for my medical expenses in the general terms, like paying for my prescriptions or going to the doctor, but then moving forward, you know, we know the stats and they're pretty staggering that it's basically a coin flip as to whether or not you're going to need some form of, Long-term care in, her, in in-home nursing care for at least a period of time in your lifetime, and the cost of that has rose exponentially uh, as well in relation to inflation. So you know when we look at it from my office's perspective, we segment out the cost for medical expenses versus overall inflationary expenses like your food, groceries, you know, driving your car, et cetera. Uh, we actually look at it from a double that of regular inflation. So if you're guessing inflation is 25 our expectation is the cost of uh, health insurance and long-term care costs are going to go up by at least double that, so somewhere between 5 and 6%. Now, what the government will do moving forward uh, as far as raising of Medicare premiums, et cetera, uh, we don't really know, but we know that it's a hugely underfunded program, uh, more underfunded than Social Security. So it's a Ooh. big challenge that the government's going to have to face, but it's also a big challenge that you do have to figure out a solution to when you're looking at retirement.
0: Well, that's quite a statement, more underfunded than Social Security. I saw a headline last week that Social Security is like 13 years out before it runs out. I know you've said no to that before, and our guest is Josh Pick, Aptus Wealth Management. aptusaptuswealth.com, 614-917-1040. Get your free consultation with Josh and his team and get a $25 gift card That's a scary statement that health coverage for older people is not as funded as Social Security and Social Security could run out. That's amazing. And then I think about retirees. How do you feel about retirees working after they retire, part-time working? I, I saw a headline that you work. It can cost you on your Social Security benefits or tax rates. I mean, it's really a complex puzzle you're trying to put together in retirement.
1: It is. And I think you can look at it from two perspectives. One, the clients that I have that continue to work in retirement because they choose to, not because they have to. Uh, certainly seem to be happier, um, so there is, you know, that kind of uh, uh, good for your soul, uh, altruistic, feel good, keep you sharp piece of working in retirement. But again, huge distinction because you want to, not because you have to. But there are some challenges in doing so. And you're right, if you're not at full retirement age, whatever that is for you, as Social Security looks at it, somewhere between sixty-six and sixty-seven, depending upon your your age, um, you can be penalized if you make. Uh, a little over $19,000 a year for every dollar, $2, excuse me, you make over that, they can actually take a dollar of your Social Security away. Now, good news, once you're over that full retirement age, you can go back and work and make as much money as you want. It doesn't affect your Social Security. But then you're right, Bruce. You have this other challenge of what impact is that going to make to my taxes? And am I really causing myself more harm than good? And, And my answer to that would always be, no, any dollar you make is never going to be taxed at 100%, but I think you do need to know, well, how much am I being taxed? Because if I'm only making 50 cents on the dollar, is it worth my time? Um, So you're right, it is complex, uh, particularly if you don't know all the rules and all the statutes and everything you need to look out for, but it's something we do all the time, and we want to make sure that our clients are prepared for inflation, they're prepared for the possibility of Social Security, Medicare, long-term care planning changing, Um, prepared for things like, you know, what happens if inflation goes, you know, even more rampant than today? What happens if interest rates start climbing? All of these different variables need to go into the equation. It's doable. It just requires the knowledge and the time spent.
0: You can gain more of Josh's perspective on retirement and managing your money on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show. It airs here on The Answer at 4 p.m. Saturday. You can also get with Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management in Lewis Center by calling 614-917-1040 or reaching out on the web at aptuswealth, aptuswealth aptuswealth.com. The consultation is free. You get a $25 gift card to patronize local businesses. Better yet, you get smarter about your money and how to deal with some of these questions. And you you mentioned taxes. The president wants to raise taxes, and his Democratic colleagues don't want to raise them as much as he wants them raised. The corporate tax rate. Uh, He would like it to be 28%. It's now 21. Uh, The compromise apparently is at 26 and a half. Capital gains, I know, is something you watch very closely. That's gains on stocks and investments. Joe Biden wants it to be 39%. It's now 20. His Democratic colleagues want it to go to 25. I know I've thrown a lot of numbers there. I look at the combined state and federal tax rates under these proposals. It's not as bad here. But in New York City, your federal, your tax and state and local burden would be 61%. And in California, 60%. I don't know what it is in Ohio, but man, those are some big numbers to contemplate.
1: Yeah, I think what we're really talking about is, and there's an argument and has been the same argument for the last, you know, 100 plus years of best when it comes to economics, right? Should we have a trickle down from the top or a bottom up? Uh, tax rate. Should we tax the rich more, and will that trickle down um, in the way of, you know, more jobs or what have you? For It's always been a long-term debate. But ultimately, I think what we're seeing, whether it's right or wrong, is that the corporate tax and the tax on the rich is going to go up while simultaneously printing money at the governmental level. And I think if you want to look for a theme in that, you would say, inflation is going to be amongst us for a period of time. Now, whether it's right or wrong, it is what it is. But as somebody who's preparing or in retirement, you better have uh, something to combat inflation, because there's just no outrunning it. Whether in the long run we'll be talking about this as the most brilliant move ever, that you know, people were saying that 60% taxes on the rich is foolish, but look, the government uh, has caused us to proper, prosper. Um, we'll see. But uh, I don't believe that to be the case, but we'll see. But ultimately, the only thing that you can do is control how you prepare for it. And the way you need to prepare for it is prepare for inflation.
0: Well, let's end with this one, Josh. And you guys can reach out to Josh Pick at Aptus Wealth Management by calling 614-917-1040. Listen to the radio show, the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show here on The Answers Saturday at 4. The vaccine mandates proposed by the president employ yours of 100 or more. What I've not heard explained is if you're going to test employees, which weekly testing is mandated, who foots the bill for that? What do you think about it, this kind of proposal? Let's assume it goes through. Let's assume the court's okay it, and its overall impact on the economy, if any.
1: Well, number one, we don't know who's going to pay for it, but the assumption, at least I believe, is that the corporations will in fact pay for it, and I'm sure that's a, uh incentive program to say, just everybody get your vaccines or this is going to become so burdened, uh, such a burden that will make your life so difficult that you're going to have to get the vaccine to just walk around in your daily life, right? I mean, I think that's ultimately where we're going. I think so. Will it be a cost to the corporations? Yes. Uh, To what level? We don't know yet. Will they make it in, uh, by they, I mean the government, is their intention at least on the outlet, and I'm not an expert in this category, but... Does it at least appear that they want to make it so difficult that you'll just comply? Yes. How do I feel about that? I'm a finance guy. Um, I like to share my information on finance with you, but I would say that anytime time uh, you are forced to do something at the governmental level, you should at least take some time to pause and uh, think through why. And as long as you can come to the conclusion that this is for the betterment of whatever, then I guess you can rest easy on it personally. Uh, I'm a firm believer in choice. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a great a great thing. There's definitely gonna add some dissension amongst what is already an incredibly divided country. So I think any time we're dividing that even more, it's probably not good for us overall. But the costs will ultimately go back to the employers and that's not a good thing.
0: Yeah, so because you
1: raises this year.
0: Sure. Right? Yeah, those those costs almost always get passed on to the consumer too. I mean, you have to if you want to stay in business. So it bears watching. Absolutely. And I know you'll be watching it, I'll be watching it, and I appreciate your perspective. Josh Pick, Aptus Wealth Management, 614-917-1040 or aptuswealth.com. Lewis Center, listen to his retirement radio show, Saturdays, 4 p.m. here on The Answer. Josh, always great to have you on. Thanks so much for your time and perspective today.
1: You as well. Thanks, Chris.
0: It has been nice to be with you on a Monday. I am uh, embarking on a new year. Yesterday was my birthday. Wife threw me a surprise party. Aaron, are you a surprise kind of guy? Would you uh, have enjoyed a would you enjoy a surprise party at uh, some juncture of your life? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean I think it depends. I'm not necessarily a big surprise guy. Yeah. Well, my wife has already Told me many times, no surprise parties for her. And she threw me one. And I I admit, I loved it. Uh, Love it. Loved seeing all my friends at the party. Not all my friends, just my friends from church is who it was. I have friends that uh, certainly exist in other places. But, yeah, it was fun. Really uh, a lot of fun. Uh, More fun, even, than listening to the uh, shrill and deranged rantings of leftists over this Texas abortion law that protects an infant in the womb When a heartbeat is detected at about six weeks, uh, the Columbus Dispatch enlisted the uh, rantings of a woman named Jane C. Katz. Now, uh, I know many of you like cutesy-poo spellings of names, but you are dooming your children to a life of their name being misspelled when you name them And then spell their name in a way that is not anywhere close to the normal spelling of the name. So, that really has nothing to do with anything. Although, do I look a bit askew at Jane, spelled J-A-N-Y-C-E? Yes, I do. But not as askew as I look at her silly opinions. She says... Ironic, isn't it, that Texas has enacted a draconian law allegedly designed to protect the life of a fetus? Uh, No, it's not allegedly designed to do that. It's expressly designed to do that. Uh, Ironic, she says, while tightly regulating the health and welfare of women, but fights hard to protect Texans from the mask and vaccination mandates that might save the lives of ever so many people and might help prevent the mutation of this deadly disease. Jane? Jane? you answered your own question right there in that little paragraph with a uh, employment twice of the word might. You cannot prove that mask and vaccination mandates save lives and you cannot prove that it prevents mutation of the disease. But I can prove that if you don't abort that baby in the womb, that baby will live. I can prove that it happens. Uh, AOC gets in on the fun, uh, Well, I don't want to play AOC because I've sufficiently torn apart the crazy rantings of Jane Katz, and I want to end the show on an uplifting note. So let's listen to a real true leader. Oh, wasn't it wonderful to have one uh, in the aftermath of 9-11? George Bush speaking on Saturday, Shanksville, Pennsylvania. This was how he summarized his nine minutes of comment to the people gathered there, it was a perfect capturing of the moment. George W. Bush, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, Saturday, 20 years after 9-11.
2: In the weeks and months following the 9-11 attacks, I was proud to lead an amazing, resilient, united people. When it comes to the unity of America... Those days seem distant from our own. Malign force seems at work in our common life that turns every disagreement into an argument and every argument into a clash of cultures. So much of our politics has become a naked appeal to anger, fear and resentment. That leaves us worried about our nation and our future together. I come without explanations or solutions I can only tell you what I've seen. On America's day of trial and grief, I saw millions of people instinctively grab for a neighbor's hand and rally to the cause of one another. That is the America I know. At a time when religious bigotry might have flowed freely. I saw Americans reject prejudice and embrace people of Muslim faith. That is the nation I know. At a time when nativism could have stirred hatred and violence against people perceived as outsiders, I saw Americans reaffirm their welcome to immigrants and refugees. That is the nation I know. At a time when some viewed the rising generation as individualistic and decadent, I saw young people embrace an ethic of service and rise to selfless action. That is the nation I know. This is not mere nostalgia. It is the truest version of ourselves. It is what we have been and what we can be again. Twenty years ago, terrorists chose a random group of Americans on a routine flight to be collateral damage in a spectacular act of terror. The 33 passengers and 7 crew of Flight 93 could have been any group of citizens selected by fate. In a sense, they stood in for us all. The terrorists soon discovered that a random group of Americans is an exceptional group of people. Facing an impossible circumstance, they comforted their loved ones by phone, braced each other for action, and defeated the designs of evil. These Americans were brave, strong, and united in ways that shocked the terrorists, but should not surprise any of us. This is the nation we know. And whenever we need hope and inspiration, we can look to the skies and remember. God bless.
0: You know, and there's hope for us to get back to that, to that united mindset, because Saturday, there was among many leftists the acknowledgement that George W. Bush captured the moment perfectly. Yes, there were crazy people. Oh, Bush lied, people died, weapons of mass destruction. Blah, blah, blah. We got to move past that. When we can't acknowledge that a president can perfectly summarize what happened and what we're capable of. Well, then we're lost. And I was actually gratified. I know he's getting criticism for it Saturday that he didn't speak live. I, I, I did not want to hear from Joe Biden Saturday. Um, people booed him at the 9-11 memorial at Ground Zero. He got booed. And he should get booed. Because what he did in Afghanistan is a disgrace. And what he's doing to our country is a disgrace. As Christy Nome said last week, I knew he'd ruin our country. I didn't know he could do it this fast. Uh, But he hasn't ruined the spirit of America that George Bush spoke about, that I know courses through your veins and mine, and that gives us hope. So, see you tomorrow.